Funding for WPLN News comes from you, our listeners, and Bernstein Private Wealth, working with creators and innovators to invest with intention and build the legacy they want to leave behind. More at Bernstein.com. I'm Khalil Ekelona, and this is Nashville. Pride Month is upon us for our LGBTQ communities in Nashville and Middle Tennessee. The festivals kick off this weekend with a Pride Festival in Franklin, Tennessee, which has been somewhat beleaguered in the past year. That's because Tennessee passed a first-of-its-kind law restricting drag from public spaces, but a judge blocked it the night before it would have taken effect. A ruling in that case is expected as early as Friday when Franklin's festival will be kicking off. Here to talk about the future of the law is WPLN's Mariana Bacchial, who's been following this story. Mariana, thanks for being here. Welcome back. Thanks for having me. This is great. So now this law has been called a ban on drag, but that's not strictly true, is it? No, um, the law itself doesn't mention drag and it doesn't do much to advance existing indecency laws. It bans, quote, adult cabaret from anywhere a minor might see it, which functionally eliminates all public spaces. It also refers to drag performers as male or female impersonators. Hmm. That worries LGBTQ advocates because it could open the door to policing based on gender presentation. But to violate the law, these things also have to be deemed harmful to minors with no artistic value. The ACLU has said that would make it nearly impossible to enforce as a drag ban. Mm. So where does the fear around this law come from? Well, it comes from a place of uncertainty, you know. The ACLU says it would be really hard for a case against a drag performer to hold up in court. But Melissa Stewart, an attorney for the plaintiffs in the case against the law, has a different take. She tells me that we don't have criminal laws just to criminalize behavior. These laws are also written to give law enforcement parameters on what they can or can't do. This law's vague language leaves it up to individual police officers to decide what is or isn't obscene. So even if a case is thrown out, if a drag performer is arrested, she says the harm is already done. I mean, you put anyone in Shelby County Jail in full drag and I I am not going to guarantee that they come out alive. She's specifically talking about Shelby County in Memphis, where she and the plaintiffs are located. But it's a risk many drag performers are considering this pride. Who are the plaintiffs? The lawsuit was brought on behalf of Friends of George's, which is a nonprofit LGBTQ theater company in Memphis. They do comedy skits and lip syncs for all ages. And the proceeds from those performances go to local LGBTQ nonprofits. That's going to be especially important now that the state has rejected millions in federal grants for HIV testing and prevention. One of the reasons that Friends of George's was granted an injunction is because they had all ages performances scheduled for April when the law was supposed to take effect. And in the judge's ruling, he sided with the plaintiffs, saying that this law would force Friends of George's to, quote, eat the proverbial mushroom to find out whether it is poisonous. Mm. So the plaintiffs are arguing that the law is too vague and violates the First Amendment. How is the state responding? Well, it's interesting. The state originally argued against the injunction on the grounds that Friends of George's performances wouldn't violate the law, and so they didn't need it blocked. I hear from those inside the courtroom that the state has stuck by that argument, which begs the question, what 
does violate the law that isn't already covered by obscenity laws. The state's attorney general's office hasn't responded to me yet, but we'll see what the judge thinks of that argument later this week. A ruling is expected any time between Friday and next Tuesday. Well, how are Pride organizers navigating this? Well, Pride, like Rome, was not built in a day. Hmm. Organizers start months in advance. This law was introduced and passed in the middle of that planning period, and the injunction came even later. So a lot of prides will have to go on without drag performers on the main stage. That doesn't mean that there won't be any drag performances, but a lot of organizers have erred on the side of caution and not planned on drag as part of their main events. Knoxville will be holding a march instead of a parade in protest of the law. But that event is scheduled for the fall, so they might be able to pivot depending on what the ruling is. Mm. And for some Pride organizers, they weren't planning on having drag long before this law was introduced because of local backlash to drag. In Murfreesboro, the city government has refused to issue permits for Pride at all because it might feature drag. And of course, you'll hear from Franklin Pride organizers later on in the program about their own local fight to secure permits. Memphis Pride is still having drag performers on its main stage. Vanessa Rodley, the president of Memphis Pride, is also on the board of Friends of George's, and she says it's been a lot harder this year to secure sponsors and book drag performers, but she's adamant about staying visible. Has this stopped Pride celebrations in any way? No, not the law itself. Uh, Like I mentioned, the backlash around drag itself started last Pride, especially for uh, Franklin Pride organizers that you'll hear from. And in places like Murfreesboro and Chattanooga um, and in Cookville, that started long before this law was introduced. Um, And going forward with Pride this year, there's, you know, there's a palpable fear in queer spaces. A lot of events um, recently have had metal detectors and added security where they haven't had security in the past. So that is a concern for Pride organizations across the state this June. That's WPLN's afternoon host, Mariana Bacayao. You can find a link to Mariana's story in today's episode post. Mariana, again, thanks for being here and thank you for your reporting. Thanks for having me. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about Pride in Franklin and learn what folks can expect from this year's festival. Join the conversation by tweeting us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. And this is Nashville. This year's Pride Month falls amid an increasingly hostile climate for LGBTQ folks in Tennessee. As we heard before the break, a new state law has threatened to ban public drag performances. There's a legal challenge that kept that law from going into effect this past April. And now the law sits before a federal judge who will make a final ruling as soon as Friday. But all this has left Pride organizations across our state in uncertain territory. As Pride Month kicks off, organizers have had to consider making changes to their events because drag performances are traditionally a big part of Pride celebrations. Now let's turn to one community that's been fighting to keep their Pride festivities alive amid growing pushback. 
Franklin, Tennessee. Joining me now is Clayton Klutz, president of Franklin Pride Organization. Clayton, thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Tell me this. How are you feeling as the celebration draws closer? Well, we're excited that we're going to have a great festival. Um, we are, we've put a lot of work into this uh, with the delay in the Board of Mayor and Aldermen approving our special event permit to have our festival in the park. We've had to compress a lot of work into a short number of weeks. So we're still still we're not done yet, but we'll be ready Saturday. We'll be ready Saturday. Now, you mentioned a little bit of difficulty uh, that's happened differently this year than in years past, even down to obtaining that city permit. What's it been like trying to pull this off this year? Well, in the the last two years, uh, the uh, special event permit was really just a non-event. It was a simple form that we had to fill out. We went to a couple of meetings, and it was approved unanimously with very little discussion. Um, this year, after we submitted our application, um, we heard from the mayor's office that they were going to make some revisions, so we had to provide more detail. Mm. And also, because of the uh, proposed regulations that ended up with the uh, so-called drag ban, mm-hmm. that they were worried that if we included drag, we would not be approved to, this year. So what did you all decide to do? Well, it was a tough decision, but our board, after a lot of discussion, we decided uh, we were not going to have uh, drag shows as part of our main entertainment um, on, on the, the stage this year. Did the pushback from city and people who oppose drag performances, did it end there? Once you made this decision, hey, we're not going to have drag performances at this year's Pride, let's move on. Did that happen? Uh, no, it did not. Uh, there were uh, complaints after our festival last year that some of our drag performances were obscene. And uh, there were still, uh, we believe, people who were not even at our festival last year who were very vocal about that continuing for this year's process. You know, this has been a very, very contentious year. There was a very heated public forum in City Hall in March. You know, I'm curious about the Pride celebrations from years past. How were those received? I thought they were very well received. When we started uh, the the first year, we really had no idea what to expect and were quite nervous that we had put in all this work and maybe we were going to have 200 people who showed up. But instead, we had about 5,000 people. Mm -hmm. Since then, we've been asked to participate in a lot of other community events, uh, some of the downtown festivals, the Christmas parade. So um, really, it has seemed overwhelmingly positive until these um, complaints started around our approval process this year. Now, I'd like to bring in my next guests. Robert McNamara is President Emeritus and founder of Franklin Pride, and Ginny Bailey is the Secretary of Franklin Pride and a board member of PFLAG Franklin. Thank you both for being here. Welcome to This is Nashville. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Thank you. Jeannie, I want to start with you. What makes you excited for this year's Pride Festival? Well, I just think it is so important that we're having it, even with the pushback, even without drag queens. I think it's just so important to have it available for the community to come together, meet each other, see the LGBTQ community for exactly what it is. It's not as scary as it's made out to be, and um, I'm just excited to bring everybody together and see, see everybody, because mm. it's just like a fa- it's just like a big old family reunion. That's what it feels like to me. 
Robert, how about you? What are you excited about for this well, year? Well, pretty much ditto what Jenny said. It's very exciting that uh, that we got through this process and um, able to um, put on a festival and have thousands of people show up and people that um, that need it. You know, for, for the younger kids that are bullied constantly, they have a safe place to come or a space to come and be themselves, be happy, and you know, have a, a wonderful day. Now, Jenny Clayton mentioned that, you know, in order to have the festival, the committee had to forego drag shows this year. In your view, how will that impact the overall vibe of the festival? Well, I mean, drag queens are such an integral part of pride festivals. They add color. They add glamour. They add, I don't know, they just kick it up a notch, I guess, is the way to put it. So we will miss the drag queens a lot. And I hope that we'll be able to do to invite them back again someday soon. Now you're on the part, you're on the organizing committee. You all had to you know, weigh the pros and cons of not having drag performances. Tell me, what were those conversations like? Hard, really hard because we love our drag queens. Our MC for the first two years was uh, a drag queen, um, Vidalia and Gentry. Love her. And, um, we just, we didn't want to be letting down the drag queen community. Um, but, you know, so we had to weigh that with, do we have the festival at all? And in the end of the day, we felt like it was important to keep showing up for the community in Franklin, not only for the young people, like Robert just said, but also for, you know, that 50-year-old transgender woman who had to wait for her parents to die before she could transition and now can mm. finally come into her own. We need to be there for all those people. And we need to be there for people like me. I'm a parent. Well, first, let me say, I have two amazing straight daughters who are bold and beautiful and brilliant, but I also have a gay son. And I need the festival to happen for him mm. to feel at home in his community, but also for me to see that, you know, here's Robert and Clayton. They're amazing, strong, powerful adult men with great lives. And I need to see that future is available for my son as well. So we're there for parents, grandparents. I'm a grandparent too now, thanks to my <laughs> beautiful daughters. And um, we need to be there for everybody because this this event impacts the whole community from top to bottom. Now, Robert, as someone who helped bring Pride Festivals to Franklin, how does it feel to you to be forced to compromise and omit <laughs> drag performances for this year's events? It was a tough decision. We it, we went back and forth in, in the board meetings quite a bit, uh, whether to have it, you know, we do we fight the city? Do we, you know, sue? The, I mean, if we stuck with it, we'd end up having to sue the city. Do we want to do that? Uh, it was it was a very tough decision, and um, in the end, uh, the final decision was that we will have pride, and we'll just have to move forward the best way we can. Unfortunately, that's without the drag queens, uh, and it breaks my heart. I hate that we had to do it in this fashion, but it was still more important to to be there than you know to have no visibility. Jenny Jenny kind of mentioned the thought of potentially you all were letting the drag community down by deciding to go ahead with the event sans drag performances. Did you have conversations with any drag people, drag queens, drag kings about this decision and how hard it was for you all to make? Uh, there were a, a few conversations, yes. And basically, you know, everybody understands that. It, and plus, 
we didn't know where the law would land. We knew the law was pending or eminent. Actually, we thought it was eminent. So really even securing someone to to be on the stage, you know, they'll be putting them in jeopardy as well, too. And so that was uh, helped make the decision a little easier because we didn't want to, you know, jeopardize anyone's, you know, livelihood or um, put them in jail. I understand. You don't want anyone to get locked up over exactly. a celebration. Exactly. If you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Ekelona. We're talking this hour about Franklin's upcoming Pride Festival with Ginny Bailey, Clayton Klutz, and Robert McNamara. Are you going to Franklin Pride? What do you like about it? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. Now, Robert, you founded this celebration a few years back. Were you surprised by the pushback to this year's celebration? Yes, I was. Actually, I kind of expected it the first year. Okay. <laughs> uh, and there was none the first year. It couldn't have gone smoother. Um, and then the second year, again, Everything went smooth, unanimous um, support from from BOMA. Eh. So, yeah, I really expected it the first year, but not the third year in. Now, some people and some of the opposition, they talk about drag not being family friendly. I'm using air quotes, which, you know, that means different things to different people. Clayton, tell me, how do you respond to the claims that drag is not family friendly? Well, drag is not the same as being obscene. Um, drag performers are much like comedians. They can tailor their tailor their acts to their audience. Um, I've attended drag performances at nightclubs that start at 11 p.m., and they're quite probably I wouldn't want to take some of my family to, to those. Mm -hmm. But what we presented at our festival was definitely not that. And um, the um, that's... A big reason, though, why we were fearful about the safety of our performers, since we didn't know where this these new uh, this new law was going to go. Are people going to be allowed to attend the festival in drag? We have no dress code other than family friendly. So uh, we like to say that we're a um, short and t-shirt kind of festival, not a bikini sort of festival. So. Um, Certainly, uh, we would not expect any of our attendees to have be obscene in any way. But um, drag is fine. That it is. <laughs> I will definitely agree with you on that. So, you know, Jenny, you know, have people who have been to past events, have they had any complaints about the atmosphere? Not at all. We, we've only gotten just glowing reviews from people who actually attended. Have they brought their families to oh, witness? Oh, absolutely. Um, kids in strollers, teens. Um, we've got a special area for the teens to come hang out, kind of kind of a you know lounge area with patio furniture, so they can find each other the, across high schools, and that's been super uh, super popular. We have a kids zone where they can play games and do crafts. Um, the Williamson County Animal Shelter is coming, so there'll be little puppies and kittens. You know, mm -hmm. oh, we're. We're super family friendly. At the same time, my mother-in-law and father-in-law are coming, and they're in their 80s. So the, just the whole range will be there. Now, how has the community showed up to support this year's events? In terms of being coming to the festival? Yeah, the community outside. People who may not be a part of the LGBTQ community but still want to see this festival take place. Well, we have over 100 vendors coming, which we feel like... 
uh, that's a good indicator that businesses think that we are an important um, demographic. Several churches will be there, um, which may be a surprise to some people. Um, In our sponsorships, uh, sponsors have yeah. stepped up. Uh, a lot of them stood by until the decision was made. But after that, then the sponsors started rolling in. And that's that's a key indicator. You know, when um, when they start stepping up, there's visibility. People are paying attention. And um, they came together strong. And uh, we've gotten a lot of response, for, a lot of positive response after, you know, just people, you know, say, hey, I'm coming I've never, I'm, I'm driving from Tim's Ford to come to Pride just because of what y'all went through. Mm. Um, so we've gotten a lot of that type of response as well. So, um, you, you know, um, people are just, there's much more support than, than there are detractors. Mm -hmm. Now, Clayton, what can people expect this year? Well, um, we're going to have more music than ever. We have some returning acts. Uh, we have an, an, a new to our festival this year, Brian Ruby, who is a country singer and also a professional baseball player. He's the first out active baseball player. Uh, so we're excited about that. And uh, food trucks, variety of vendors. Jenny mentioned churches, uh, merchandise vendors. We have a few not-for-profits. It's going to be a fun day. Mm -hmm. Robert, what are you looking forward to the most from this year's festivities? Uh, food trucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, we it can't go without saying, too, that you need to come and get your picture made with our pride flag, which is 60 feet tall, mm. and uh, it makes a great, great portrait. So That's our signature, yes. uh, Franklin Pride's signature, 60-foot flag. You know, you helped start pride in Franklin, Robert. Why is this important to you? I, I just think it's important. When I moved out there with my husband, uh, when I moved to Franklin uh, nine or ten years ago, I didn't see a community, a, a gay community. I started um, going to PFLAG Franklin um, and, and meeting and finding that there definitely is a community there, but I had to look far and wide to find it. And I, So I just thought it was important to bring the community together. Um, w we used to drive back into Nashville just to go to happy hour, just to, you know, mm. see other gay people. And uh, so my intention was to make that happen closer to home. How has the community grown over the years? Oh, vastly. Um, you know, when, when we looked up that first year, as Clayton was saying, we saw thousands of cars streaming into the park. Um, it was a field of dreams. We, we knew that the time was right and that, that there was a, a need for it. And so then we uh, started hosting uh, a monthly event, uh, Second Sunday Mixers. That moves around a little bit. Uh, in June, it'll be at Party Fowl. Um, we have a couple of places. Um, but yeah, so once a, once a month, we get together and have a few cocktails. And eventually, as, uh, as we continue to grow, we'll add other events as well, but, but it is growing tremendously. Mm -hmm. Well, and what we learned was it was hiding in plain sight. Exactly. Uh, now, Clayton, I have got to, I've got to ask you this. It's the current environment which we live in. How much is safety a concern for the festival? Well, it's very much top of mind um, uh, this year more than ever. We've always worked closely with the Franklin Police Department, and as we are again this year, 
And uh, I don't want to get into too many details, but we're adding uh, more security, both uh, private outside security, as well as uh, working with the police. So uh, we're going to have uh, do everything we can to have a safe, fun event. Now, I got this question for you, Jenny. You know, you how, how is your son? You know, what has he told you about your support? of the community and you just diving in to be a part of creating <laughs> pride here. I think he laughs a lot um, at me about it. But, you know, to, and to be honest, sorry, Ben, uh, it's now less about him and more about my love of this community. Um, I'm really super proud of him. Um, and he's going to come back from Orlando and help us out. But um, but uh, I, he was my entree. I feel really blessed that he was in my life because I don't think I would have felt like I, I, I wouldn't have approached, you know, PFLAG initially. Mm -hmm. And um, I will admit when Robert came on the board, I was president of PFLAG Franklin then, and I invited Robert sure. to the board and he said, okay, now we have to have a pride event. And I was like, uh. Um, <laughs> but you said yes. <laughs> but we said yes. And um, I was happy that the um, pandemic shut us down for a year because, you know, I'm, probably the most, <laughs> uh, what's the word, conservative? That's not the right word. but Cautious. Cautious, cautious. yes, right. among. But these guys, they're just like, you know, it's going to be fine. It's really going to be fine. And they're right. Yeah. Uh, and that's the message that um, we want to give to Franklin and to all communities is welcome your LGBTQ folks. It's fine. It's going to be fine. What, what do you have to say to people who have never been to a Pride event? But are interested in coming to this one. What do you want them to know before they show up? Um, dress with lots of colors. Um, if you want to wear, you know, a rainbow tutu, that'll be great. Uh, tennis shoes are preferred because it's a grassy field. What else, guys? Wear sunscreen. Sunscreen. Come have a great time. And come with an appetite to hit up the food yeah. trucks and, and just come prepared to have a good time and meet some meet your neighbors and, and get to know uh, a fun, festive bunch of people. I want to thank my guests, Ginny Bailey, Clayton Klutz, and Robert McNamara, all with P Flag Franklin. Franklin's Pride Festival kicks off this Saturday. I want to thank you all for being with us today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thanks. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we'll learn about the other Pride events that are happening across the state. What are you doing for Pride this year? Tweet us at This Is Nashville. We'll be right back. Kaliole Kulona, and this is Nashville. Pride is upon us. LGBTQ communities across the region are gearing up for celebrations in Memphis, Nashville, Knoxville, and Franklin this coming weekend. Though it didn't come without a fight. Because as we've been hearing, a new state law banning public drag shows has shifted the conversation and made planning Pride celebrations more complicated. Even though that law is sitting before a federal judge and hasn't taken effect, it has changed plans for Pride celebrations. Many celebrations now won't feature drag performances. Who better to talk about this 
than some of our local drag queens, right? Joining me now is Micah Winter, a.k.a. Goldie D. Collins, a drag queen from Memphis and member of the theater group Friends of George's. Micah, welcome to This Is Nashville. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate you being here, my friend. And Veronica Electronica is a veteran drag queen who conducts local story hours and is a regular guest of our show. Veronica, thanks for being back. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for happy, having me. Happy to have you both. So at first, I really want to thank you both for coming on and sharing your perspectives today. I know it's not an easy decision to make to do this in the midst of such so much vitriol. Happy to do it. And, you know, let me start with you, Micah. You know, Memphis is gearing up for its Pride celebrations this weekend. Tell me, how are you feeling going into Pride this year? Uh, it's a little bit different than years past. Uh, it, Pride is always a, such a thrilling, um, pulse-of-the-moment kind of sensation. You feel like you're really in the middle of everything that's happening in your community when you go to Pride. Um, and so it's always thrilling, um, this year, it still is thrilling. Um, we haven't been a part of such a large Pride Festival since COVID happened. So uh, we're extra excited to have it and all be together. But there's now this new uh, underlying um, threat of danger. We've had uh, actual uh, potential threats lauded at us from people, um, specifically people in drag, uh, from people that are, are Proud Boys and um, Oath Keepers and such. So uh, I don't know if those people actually ever tangibly come up and uh, do what they promise, but this year there is the same thrilling feeling that we always feel, but there is also uh, a scary feeling that that is underlying for everybody, I'm sure. You know, tell me, what is the vibe like with other members of the drag community in Memphis? Are they excited or are they worried heading into this year? I'd say they are both of those things, but mo more so they are defiant feeling. I think, I think that uh, this has invigorated the drag queens in Memphis at large. Uh, I'm specifically with Friends of Georgia's, a, a theater troupe that is challenging the drag bill here in Tennessee. Um, but I think that even just past Friends of Georgia's, uh, every drag queen in Memphis seems to be uh, being more emboldened uh, to speak out and say uh, what they feel and to be present in drag. Um, any drag queen that I know that had been on some kind of hiatus has done it recently, maybe as a show of solitude. It seems like uh, we're invigorated by it, perhaps. So will there be, will the Pride event have public drag performances this year? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Uh, we are the only one. We Memphis is the only city. It's actually called Mid-South Pride because we're in the corner of the state and we welcome uh, people from the corners of Arkansas and Memphis, or uh, Arkansas and Mississippi, but um, Mid-South Pride is the only Pride Festival in Tennessee that will feature drag performances and in the same way that we have for uh, a couple of decades now. It will be identical in a lot of ways than what it has been, and that is uh, a wonderful decision that our Pride Board uh, decided to make. Now, Veronica, tell me, how do you feel about some Pride celebrations not having drag performances this year? Well, I think that it's it's a shame that that has uh, that has been part of their decision making process, especially when drag and um, the the trans community has been such a big part of pride celebrations. Because I mean, I just you know I'm a New Yorker, so I go back to the ideas of Stonewall and who our first heroes were were trans drag performers that initiated the idea of pride. And I just feel it's a shame that we are 
potentially losing a piece of our history by having pride festivals without um, our drag um, entertainers. It's a pretty big compromise. You know, tell me, what concerns do you have about that? Well, you know, one of those um, terms that you hear so often nowadays is uh, cancel culture. But I feel like we have now entered into a compromise culture in some ways because we don't want to offend this person or we don't want to offend that person. But at the end of the day, we weren't offending anybody to begin with. They are manipulating the truth. And because of that, we have to we have to compromise for something that should never have to be compromised, which is our, which is our sense of pride. Well, what dangers are you afraid of having this, you know, institution of compromise culture taking place now? What are you afraid of for the future? Well, where does it stop? You know, if, if we compromise one, you know, just, just because there's no D in our rainbow alphabet, in our LGBTQIA+, the drag is part of that plus. And once we start compromising individual aspects of our LGBT rainbow alphabet, where where and when does it stop? I remember when we were fighting for an all-inclusive ENDA, uh, you know, a, an Employment Non-Discrimination Act, we would not take a, uh, a, a non-discrimination act that didn't include our trans brothers and sisters for employment and housing. And it was a huge fight to try and maintain equal rights for the entire LGBT spectrum. And when we start compromising our drag performers, our trans brothers and sisters by saying, we're going to celebrate pride, but we just can't celebrate that part of it. It's scary. And I think that it's a slippery slope, but I understand that we want to celebrate and we don't want them to win, quote unquote, by, you know, canceling pride altogether. But I was told when I was testifying in front of our state uh, Congress, you know, never celebrate a compromise because you will always look like you are, you know, going, going against what we're trying to do. So I learned my lesson, but it's a slippery slope. And uh, I wish we didn't have to do that. Now, now, Micah, you know, given that sentiment that Veronica has expressed, is that a part of this defiance you were talking about earlier? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, uh, most of the drag queens that I know here in Memphis um, sincerely uh, uh, were willing to um, lay themselves down the line, so to speak. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know a single drag queen that got scared off from Pride. I think what Veronica was saying that, you know, a lot of uh, most drag queens and, and trans people um, are regularly putting themselves out there and putting themselves on the line. I think the community at large in Tennessee has failed them as far as compromising uh, and not letting drag performers be at Pride. I think that is a failure the community has done for drag performers. Well, tell me, how, um, does, how does it feel to you to be the target of animosity just for simply expressing yourself? Uh, not new if you're a gay person. That's not a new sensation, right? I think... Uh, Probably everybody that you've had on this call today has experienced that. Um, it's not a new sensation to be persecuted. I feel very comfortable in this space. But um, I, I also know what Veronica was saying, that this drag bill is about a bigger picture. It starts off with drag queens, and then you know it starts inching towards the trans community and the queer community at large. And it's not about um, protecting children, as they have said. 
Um, it is about um, silencing the queer community. And uh, what the rest of the queer community doesn't realize by not including drag performers in Pride this year, you're uh, succumbing to a portion of this. And we all know that Hangman's poem that is really popular about, you know, they came for so-and-so and I didn't didn't speak up and they came for so-and-so and I didn't speak up. And then they eventually they come for you and there's no one left to speak up for you. Um, we have to, as a community owe it to each other to be vigilant with one another and not let them take an inch. Now, in our last segment, Frank, Franklin's Pride organizers were explaining that they hadn't seen pushback to the celebration in, in years past. And we got a tweet from at Lawn Gnome. They write, quote, it's almost as if creating pushback out of whole cloth when there was none before was the entire point of plainly unconstitutional law to begin with, whether the law itself is upheld or not mission accomplished. Veronica, what's your response to that? I mean, I, I think that, you know, we're going to continue to get tweets. We're going to continue to get hate mail. We're going to continue to get support. It goes across the entire spectrum. But at the end of the day, we have to realize that Tennessee is not alone in legislation like this, but we were the first. And it all eyes, conservative and liberal LGBT and alike are all looking to see what Tennessee does and what pride festivals do here um, as yeah. um, as as as. Uh, what what the rest of the country can do. And the conservative movement knows that they have no constitutional grounds for what they're doing. And their attorney, I'm going to paraphrase, even said to the judge, well, if you do find it's unconstitutional, it'll only be for Memphis, right? And, and like it was, there was laughter when he said stuff like that. And it's just ridiculous that they feel like they know they're fighting a losing battle. So they want to just they want to have a win. And if they can only get a win in Memphis, that means that the president will be every district will have to fight their own fight to find this law unconstitutional. But th at the end of the day, they know that they are fighting a losing battle, but it's all about fundraising. It's all about vilifying a community of people that celebrate individuality, artistic expression and rights for all people. And they hate that because they can't say the same for their own movement. Micah, would you like yes. to chime in on this? Um, I, I agree with, uh, Veronica and, uh, I was in the courtroom when they, uh, when that was said out loud, that sentiment that she just talked about. And, um, it was laughable, but, uh, luckily for us, we are not the only people who find this to be laughable. If I think, uh, if you polled majority of Tennesseans and a majority of Americans, um, drag is not a hot topic for them. It's not something that they're thinking about. Um, and uh, they really want us to move on to better topics. And uh, there was there was mild amusement throughout the entire process of this court proceeding about this bill. Amusement from the judge, amusement from even the lawyers on the other side who probably can't believe that the part of their law career and is involved in saying some of the stuff that we had to talk about. Uh, we had to talk about the sexualization of Muppets at one point. It's just mm. absurdity happening in this courtroom. And uh, there are better things to focus on. Um, clearly, in Tennessee, we have some of the uh, poorest statistics for all kinds of things out there. And um, I hope that we get to focusing on better things. 
um, and that uh, drag community can breathe a little bit. If you're Absolutely. just if you're just tuning in, this is Nashville, and I'm your host, Khalil Colona. We're talking this hour about how some in the drag community are approaching Pride celebrations this year with Veronica Electronica and Micah Winter. Tweet us your comments at This Is Nashville. Okay, so. You know, I, I recognize how you both find all of this absurd, the pushback against drag performers being able to express themselves artistically and creatively in public. But tell me, though, Veronica, you first. How do you face all of that, yet you stay in celebration? You know, I come from a long line of strong-minded, strong-willed performers and advocates, and I just use the spirit of that to keep me going and I have been very fortunate to uh, be able to continue my craft here in Nashville. I work at uh, an amazing venue in the Five Points area at the diner here in Nashville and several other places that continue to support me and continue to support drag. I have a very strong relationship with Drag Story Hour. Um, and we recently had an event um, that we did have to heighten our security in in certain ways by not publicizing it but we had a very full event and people are just so excited to support the education of children and to support the diverse world that the lgbt culture has and i think that when you start saying that we can celebrate pride without this person or without this group of people and we can celebrate pride but we don't have to rustle all these other feathers or we might jeopardize this and this permit or whatever i think we start losing part of the magic of what it means to be all inclusive we hear that term a lot right family friendly all inclusive uh and I, i'm just very I, I i really lean on the side of caution is to really try and hone in on those things. And I want to make sure that my art form, that what I do and what I say rings true to that. And I've been interviewed by people from literally across the world. I had, you know, two groups from the UK that came to all the way to Nashville and came to Tennessee and I believe met with, um, with some folks over there with friends of George's in Memphis to talk about what the international community thinks of some of these laws that are coming through the United States, especially here in Tennessee. And, the, the conversation that's happening internationally is is amazing because it's giving visibility to the ridiculous notion that drag is bad for children and, and the, the term of grooming and all of this stuff. But it's important to have conversations like this. You know, Micah, tell me, how do you face this? And you respond with, with not just staying in celebration. Apparently, you're staying in defiant celebration. Talk to me about that. Uh, well, we kind of have no other option. I don't. I don't know about. Uh, I. I don't think that Friends of George's, any member of us. There's ten of us. I don't think that any member of our board loves the idea of suing the governor and was hopping to do that. I mean, uh, it's. It's. We have normal lives. Uh, members of Friends of George's are community leaders here in Memphis. They are uh, people who pay their taxes, who go to their jobs, who have families, family-oriented people. Um, I just re recently got married last year and all my friends of George's family was there. We are a community and an organization that uh, is in a lot of ways similar to a church family. Um, and there is no other response besides defiant, a defiant feeling because this is our whole life. I mean, this is my this is what Friends of George's and drag encompasses 
not just one part of my life, but is a thorough line through the entire thread of it. And uh, I think that um, most drag performers feel that way about the family that they they gather as they do this art form. And uh, the, the state leaves us no other choice. Um, we're going to be joyous for pride, but um, we there's an anger that is underlying here. And um, we deserve to feel safety like everybody else, especially when it concerns uh, our community. And we're just trying to be with our community. Now, you mentioned earlier that this is going to be one of the biggest pride celebrations since COVID happened. And I understand that the floats are going to be back in a major way this year in Memphis. What yeah. does what does the float parade add to the festival? Any festival that has uh, floats gives off an immediate intention. Um, parades in general give off an immediate intention. The intention being celebration um, frivolity and community. Uh, th there is no other reason to parade down a busy street other than to celebrate your community. They're important. There are the floats are so frivolous, stupid, and valuable to the structure of celebrating uh, what it means to be queer, what it means to uh, be a family, um, and what it means to support one another. And having it on display there, having queerness, having drag on such a large display, like on a float in a parade, uh, really just shows the world that one, we're not fearful, we're not going away, but past all that, we are celebrating ourselves in every aspect of that. Now, Friends of George's is gonna have a float, right? Absolutely, and we've worked all gosh darn weekend on it. Me and my drag mother, Camille Collins, worked all <laughs> World Day weekend on it. We had hot glue stains all over our hands and staples <laughs> in our thighs, and um, we are very proud of it. Well, tell me, what's the theme this year? Patriotism. The theme for Pride is just Pride. The Friends of George's theme for our float and what everybody's wearing and presenting is patriotism. We have a, a giant banner that will read, Friends of George's uh, supports the First Amendment, um, and everybody will wear red, white, and blue. And we'll have confetti cannons. We'll pass out little flags. Um, and uh, we uh, yet another thing that we'd like to show off is that uh, just because you are a progressive person, a liberal person, or a queer person doesn't mean that you're not also patriotic. And uh, we have a lot of uh, love for the country that we live in, um, that we were born into or, or uh, immigrated to. And uh, we uh, are here to make a better community. And uh, we're patriotic that way. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now, you know, safety is a big concern for people. Veronica, what is Nashville Pride doing to increase security at this year's event? I'm not on the board for Nashville Pride. I really can't speak to that. Um, but from what I understand, um, it is a it is a, a ticketed event. So if, I, don't, I don't know if they call it a private event or not, but um, security is always tight uh, with Nashville Pride. Um, so I would definitely suggest to visit Nashville Pride's website to check all of the security concerns. Um, but I do know that they do take security very seriously. And I, I will be at Pride Fest for both days. And um, I, I feel fairly safe when I go to Nashville Pride. And I always have. I've been living in Nashville for over 20 years. So um, I've never felt unsafe. Uh, whether I was with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence or with Story Hour or as a drag performer, uh, Nashville Pride uh, knows I, I think they have uh, a pretty good uh, understanding of how to keep community safe. Now, how how can folks 
you know, show their support for the LGBTQ community outside of showing up and coming to the Pride celebrations? Um, if the question is, to, uh, if, I don't know, Veronica, if you want to take that one. Yeah, I'd love for I mean, Veronica I, to I answer think, and then you, Micah. Well, I think that just I, well, people ask me questions like this all the time whenever I'm doing a show, wherever I'm speaking. Uh, I think that a very important thing to do right now is to be involved with your community um, and, and to vote. Make sure you're registered to vote and find out who your candidates are. We want to have people in office that support not only um, the LGBT community, but all communities you know, that are marginalized. It's so important. So find out who your representatives are. Uh, Justin Jones happens to be my representative uh, from my district, and I am very fortunate to have a relationship with him. But it's important to know your legislators, but also, you know, support your local drag performers, support local LGBT businesses. I own a cosmetic company. Um, so, I mean, it's just important to support, you know, the, the, the community that you're concerned for. And I think that it's um it's it's not enough just to show up at a drag show and give me a dollar, even though that's wonderful and we want you to continue to do that. But we want you to show your support for us when you're in that voting, uh, that polling place and you are casting your ballot. Please don't support me with a dollar at my show and then, and then vote against me at the ballot box. It's not it's not helping. And, and we really need your support, you know, at 360 degrees, 24, 7, 365. It, it, it's a fight that we need all of the support that we can get. Uh, and we need more LGBT representation in, um, in local, state, and federal politics. Micah, really quick, I've got about 20 seconds for you. For people who are coming to Pride, what do you want them to know? Uh, I want them to know that it's not just queer people that are uh, available in that space or that are welcome in that space, and that Pride is a, uh, a community that involves allies and gay people and everybody is welcome there. Um, I also just like to say that I agree completely that the only way to support us fully is to vote in our favor. Micah Winter is a Memphis-based drag queen, also known as Goldie D. Collins. He was joined by Veronica Electronica, local drag queen. I want to thank you both for being with us today. Truly appreciate it. And thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in this hour. This is Nashville as a production of WPLN News and Nashville Public Radio. Today's episode was produced by Rose Gilbert. Our senior producer is Steve Harouche. Our digital lead, Anna Gallegos Cannon. Michaela Elias is our technical director. Our executive producer is Andrea Tutto. The masterminds behind our theme music are LaRange and Namir Blade. Special thanks to Mariana Bacayao. Listen back at This Is Nashville or wherever you get your podcasts. And the conversation doesn't end here. Tweet us at this is Nashville. Find us on Instagram and tell us what you want from our show by filling out our quick survey online. This is Nashville. I'm Khalil Colonna. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. And be good to each other.